Hello, my loves, and welcome to the podcast, All Things Empath. I am your host and healing mentor, Laura Ann, and I created All Things Empath to be a space where sensitives and empaths can come and receive guidance, love, and support on their own healing and empowerment journeys. Whether with just me or one of my guests, we show up in vulnerability to share our own stories and insights with the intention of creating a network of support for you, dear listener. Because feeling all the feels, healing from past trauma, old patterns, and learning how to navigate and fully step into your sensitivity superpowers can feel super confusing and sometimes, honestly, super lonely. But you are not alone. There are more and more of us sensitives and empaths waking up every day. And the work you're doing to heal yourself and claim your power is the work that will transform not only you, but the entire world. And it's why we're here. So I invite you to join me on this sacred journey of self-discovery, self-love, and self-healing. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll do it all together. I am so happy you're here. Enjoy. So I'm going to get a little out there today. (laughs) I've really been wanting it. It actually came to me taking a bath the other day um, that this would be something to bring up in one of our episodes together um, because it's a concept that that I've needed to really remind myself of a lot and my clients a lot over the years. And it's this concept, this idea that healing is not linear. And I find it can be a really difficult perspective to internalize because of the way our our culture and modern society conceives of reality and of time. And so in order to talk about healing not being linear, we need to take a little dip into the world of metaphysics and talk about how time is not actually linear and that nature doesn't really do linear. It's a concept that that we humans have created as a result of a whole host and myriad of factors. And I feel like two of the best examples of the non-linear nature of time and reality that exist in pop culture are um, these two movies, No Shock, because I am, as you may have picked up by now, a huge sci-fi nerd. Uh, these two movies, they're two of my favorites, Interstellar with um, Matthew McConaughey and uh, Anne Hathaway and Arrival that has Amy Adams in it as well. So uh, no spoilers, I'm not going to spoil those movies, but if this conversation of this episode is one that intrigues you and you want to feel into what the experience of nonlinear time is and play around with it, then I highly recommend those two movies. Um, they're, they're two of my favorites and I think you'll really enjoy them. So in thinking about the nonlinear nature of reality, I think first it's good to talk about fractals. Fractals are how nature and the universe like to operate. Fractals are found everywhere in nature, and fractals are, are where um, you know something continuously creates new, self-replicating, yet unique structures, 
and and we can see this happening in nature and see how the smallest things in existence are necessary components of the greater whole. And you can think of that in like a scientific way of, you know, little particles all the way up to the cosmos. You can think about, uh, I think a good visual for it was something that we can all kind of know what it looks like and understand and feels like really concrete. It's broccoli. Look at broccoli. Um, the, the whole stock of broccoli has smaller stalks. And when you zoom in on one of the smaller stalks from the larger whole, it looks like a smaller version of the whole. And if you zoom in on a branch of that smaller stalk, it looks like a smaller version of itself and on and on and on. And we see fractals everywhere in nature in rivers and coastlines and trees and you know, uh, beehives. So it's theorized that, that we actually live in a fractal universe and that the universe, you know, when you think about that as being the whole of existence, you, you zoom in to the universe and then you see the galaxies and then you zoom in and you see solar systems and then you see planet Earth and you see then the fractal nature of coastlines and continents and rivers and trees and then humans and then the nervous system and the fossil system and the brain and then brain cells and then on and on and on down into infinity is kind of the idea. And this is what I conceive of this fractal nature of of the universe and of reality is that term as above so below that is a that is like the simplest definition of of a fractal and it's the fractal nature of existence and the way that the natural world and the cosmos really seem to organize themselves it's also what i mean when i talk about the fossil universe i know i've mentioned that a few times in past episodes because the fossil system of your body is a liquid crystal fractal matrix. It's it's like a smaller representation of the whole of of the cosmos of the universe and of reality. And that's how I visualize personally because of you know my experiences as a body worker and how I've studied fascia and worked with fascia. And it to me that's how I visualize the fabric of reality to be whether whether or not it's you know the observable observable physical world, or if we're getting down and down into the quantum realm, that is what I visualize. But the way humans exist in the world, um, we with with our consciousness, the the way that that we have evolved and our penchant for needing to understand the observable world around us, make sense of our experience and our place in the world, in the cosmos, in the universe, we have, through our observable experiences and our lived experience, have come to the conclusion that time is linear. Now, I think it's important to kind of slip in here that there's a whole other conversation <laughs> about like quote unquote Western society, I put Western in quotes because the West is only the West because the West calls itself the West and called the East the East. Uh, to the East, the West is the East. <laughs> anyway, there's a whole other conversation about Western society and the scientific method that was propagated all across the globe 
following in the footsteps of colonialism, but that is a completely other subject of conversation for another day. But I think it's worth just putting in there, putting on your radar to think about. But when we have our own experience where we can remember, you know, what happened the day before, um, we are in the present moment experiencing this present moment. And then we can also project ourselves into the future and think about what is to come tomorrow. It leads to the conclusion that time is linear because we're in our physical bodies that are naturally perceiving three dimensions. And then time becomes the fourth dimension that follows in that suit and is observed as a linear experience. When in reality, We're experiencing the past, the present, and the future simultaneously because all that really exists is this present moment. When we start looking at string theory and quantum physics, the understanding of of the fourth dimension of time and the way that Einstein's theories conceive of the the time-space continuum, that (laughs) all-important... All important theory uh, in in the Back to the Future trilogy and, and all other time traveling uh, movies and books and pop culture, um, but that 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 time space continuum fourth dimension of time theory start to lose some water when we are exploring the realms of string theory and quantum physics. I can't pretend to fully understand all of that or understand it at a depth. Uh, that will allow me to explain it simply and succinctly and in a way that you would understand. I have trouble wrapping my, my brain around it. But what I do know is that it seems pretty likely that it's going to be within our own lifetime that Einstein's reigning theory about time and space will be supplanted by another. And it will be one that conceives of time in a much more multifaceted way. But as it stands right now, the way that we you know, humans are, we are very entrenched in our conception of reality and of linear time. And it's actually a part of what fuels capitalism. It's part of why we have a climate crisis on our hands. It's this idea of linear growth and expansion that doesn't allow for seasons, that doesn't allow for ebb and flow and undulation and movement and curve and back and forth, all of which we have ample examples of in the natural world and in the universe around us, including within ourselves and the way that we heal. Because we humans are non-linear, multidimensional, fractal beings. Our growth and transformation and healing are also non-linear, multidimensional, and fractal. But we have been conditioned to expect linear progress. And when this expectation is brought into the realm of healing, man, it can feel so demotivating and frustrating and lead to much greater suffering and struggle. I've experienced this feeling, I'm sure y'all have too, of like, God, am I still healing? Am I like that kid in the backseat? Like, are we there yet? Are we fucking there yet? Am I healed? Can we just please be there? 
But the answer is, yeah, as long as you're alive, you're healing and growing and you have the opportunity of transformation. That's what being alive means. Um, there's a psychologist, Dr. Susan David, she has this book called Emotional Agility. She's great. I feel like her and Brene Brown would really get along in talking about emotions and language and how it is we experience our internal reality and how it is we communicate it. Anyway, Dr. Susan David, she talks a lot about emotional agility and, and she has this really amazing way of talking about it. And one of my favorite stories or kind of things that she, that she says is, um, you know, she'll share that clients will come to her and say things like, I don't ever want to suffer again, or I want to live without pain, or I don't ever want to feel uncomfortable. And (laughs) what she tells them is, she tells her clients this, I just, I love it so much. (laughs) Gets me every time. She says, those are dead people goals. (laughs) Those are dead people goals. And maybe it's a little dark, a little morbid. Maybe it's my my morbid Scorpio sense of humor, but it gets me every time because it's so true. Those are dead people goals, <laughs> but we've all felt that way before. I know I have, right? Like, God, I don't ever want to hurt again, right? Um, and, and like healing is this place that we can arrive. Like, okay, I'm here now. I'm perfectly healed. No need to do any more work with myself. I've arrived healed. I'm here. And really what it means as a human, if that happens, is you've arrived dead. Because that's the only way you're ever going to be stagnant. You're ever going to stop changing and growing and um, transforming. That's just what being alive is, right? And I I feel it's so important to have these kinds of conversations with transparency and and just to be honest about it because no matter how far along I go on my healing journey, I'm turning 40 this year, um, I've been doing work like this since I was 19 on myself and I had my first like, you know, mental nervous breakdown. Um, You know, no matter how how far I've come on this healing journey, inevitably, I come into a rough patch and a a season of difficulty where it can feel like I've backslid, it can feel like I've fallen off and, you know, I'm in, in this holding pattern that feels so familiar of whatever fill in the blank, you know, coping or survival method has resurfaced in response to what's going on around me in my life and in my reality. And that sense of, you know, falling off or backsliding or, oh, I'm here again, like that can feel really hopeless. And what it does is it will, it will engender this feeling of hopelessness and of giving up. And it, it can and has sent me to some really dark places in the past which is why I want to talk about it. You know, there were so many years where I was really struggling with depression in in a major way. And every time I found myself back, or I should say every time I found myself in a depressive episode, 
I made it so much worse for myself because I hated myself for it. I blamed myself for it. Like, like being in a depressive episode was failing because I wasn't healed that I had like fallen off the edge of being okay, that I had, that I had arrived at being good and then wasn't anymore. And again, that's rooted, that's rooted in a, in a linear conception of, of reality. And my inner critic would just have a total field day. It was like, you know, that because I was struggling there was something wrong with me. Why couldn't I just be okay? I'm so tired of dealing with this. Poor me. I'm such a burden to everyone and on and on and on. But the more I studied and practice in the healing arts, the more I came to realize that it's cliche because it's true. You know, healing is a journey, just like life is a journey. And it's not linear. And that really, that really set me free. It freed me of blame and shame. And the expectation of perfectionism and continual linear progress all the time improving. And I was liberated into a world within myself that was understanding of seasons accepting of ebbs and flows, of ups and downs, and really learned through that experience and a whole host of modalities that served me on my journey, learned how to hold myself with really deep, deep love and compassion. So it's important for me to remember that and I'm inviting you to this reminder as well, that while I might be going through an echo of a pattern or a previous experience, that I might feel low, that it's okay because it's all a part of the process of becoming, which is an eternal process until I'm not in this physical body anymore. And then we can talk about the metaphysics of what happens after death another time, but but that becoming is something that I will do in this body until the day I die and move into another dimensional reality. So as I continue on the healing and empowerment journey, my very reaction to those echoes or you know, uh, downturns or periods of trauma or stress, that my reaction slowly begins to evolve and create more space for me to deal and to heal. And that the way I show up for myself during those times of trauma, of stress, of survival patterns coming up, what I do to get through them, how I feel about myself after them, has radically changed. Radically, radically, radically. And the amount of time that I feel stuck in those denser frequencies has also shifted for me because we never step into the same river twice because time isn't linear and neither is healing. There's like this back and forth, this ebb and flow, this round and round. Um, but it is all moving together 
in this kind of upward trajectory, even if it feels like we're on a downturn and we're back in the same place. We're not. All that exists is right now. All that exists is this moment. And you're doing an amazing job. So I hope this has felt supportive to you. It's something I've been wanting to share and talk about for a while now. Um, and uh, it just it's a short and sweet episode this week. Um, but I would love to hear how this has landed and resonated with you. And if you have any questions about this episode or anything else, I've uh, put some notes in the, uh, put some links in the notes for ways to get in touch with me. I always love to hear from you. And as, as always, I would love to send you out with a reminder, dear ones, that you're doing the best you can where you're at with what you've got. And I love you.